With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, all you wonderful people out there in Raider Nation land. Hey, it's Friday night. It's 6.30, and hey, we're here. I mean, it was a frustrating performance Sunday, but hey, we got to do what we got to do, and what we do here is we bring that Raider Nation knowledge to you one show at a time. I mean, it's not like Wednesday night when I fight that West Coast bias with Josh Matson on the NGSC West Recess. We do a little something different here. A situation is near and dear to my heart, and that's Oakland Raider football. And as you all know by this point, fighting that Raider Nation bias. It's never a one-man operation, so I'm here with the one man that I do trust in this operation, my co-host with the most, my brother of another color, Jim Pasquist. And when we are together, we are the NGSC Black Hole Brigade. And what we're here to do is give you all the Raider information that we have, and hopefully when, when our program is over, you become a better Raider fan or a more knowledgeable Raider fan. And I guess without further ado, we should go ahead and get it started here. And how are you tonight, Jim? I'm doing okay so far. All right, good to see you, man. So, tough break on Sunday night in Oakland, on Sunday afternoon in Oakland here. I guess I'll let you go ahead and get us get us started walking through that game a little bit. <sighs> well, uh, let me just say right up front, to his credit, they, uh, Derek Carr did shoulder the blame. Um, you know, that it's a tough loss in the division. And the way they lost it, 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 I hate to say it, but it's almost better being blown out because, you know, there are so many ifs, if only, if only, if only. And that was one of those games last Sunday. Uh, You know, there's not much else to say. Well, for me, I mean, we've talked about this all week long. It's not really an if only for me. I blame this loss on one person and one person only, and that's number four. I mean, I've got to point the finger at you. You're the quarterback. You're the leader of this team. There is no excuse for the turnovers you committed in the fourth quarter of that football game, and I'm sure I'll get into that a little bit later. But the thing that did really kind of um, give me a smile on my face was Latavius Murray coming out playing well. He got us going on that first drive, got in the end zone, and he rushed for 88 yards. So it's always it's good to see the rushing game clicking. And he's starting to form a formidable one-two punch over there with our fullback, Jameez Olawale. And I'm sure you, you being a big fan of the running game, I'm sure that pretty much excited you also, Jim. Yeah, um, there were a couple games there where I was starting to wonder if maybe he was hitting the wall. Uh, but, you know, the last couple games, he's come. they've come out and they, they've committed to him and they've, they've run the ball reasonably well. And last Sunday... I can't stress enough. I didn't see it coming in the preseason. Although Wally's been a complete and very pleasant surprise, I never saw that coming. Um, he's become uh, like a backup halfback. Um, but you know, as far as Murray goes, to me, he's the future. He's the running back. He's our guy. Yeah, I've got nothing against I've got nothing against um, Latavius. He's he's always played well um, as long as he's been here. And I mean, 
Before we move on, though, I mean, talk about our guy, um, Crab, getting paid. I mean, we talk about this every Friday night on the show, and it finally happened. Your thoughts on Crab getting his money, $32 million, $19 million guaranteed, four years. He's locked up. Well, uh, you know, when they first announced the signing, uh, I'll admit I held a, a bit of a grudge against him uh, for the flack when he was drafted about, you know, I don't want to play for Oakland, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, for most of the season so far, he's been everything the Raiders have asked him to be. He's been consistent. He's been consistently open. He's caught some incredibly difficult passes. He hasn't he hasn't had the drops uh, that, unfortunately, Cooper suffered a little bit. Uh, he's been about the most consistent wide receiver we've had, and he hasn't been high profile with the mouth. So, you know, what else can you ask of the guy? Uh, to me, he earned a little bit of an extension, and he got it. And yep. everybody... Mean, it is kind of shocking. Out. It is kind of shocking that he is no longer a diva. So, I guess, I mean, we can we can deal without them not being any drama in Oakland, so I'm happy about that also. Well, everybody complains about money, but, you know, it is what it is. And to me, he's earned at least an extension, so why not do it? Yeah, exactly. And it's like we, it's like I said the other day to you, I mean, Amari Cooper, he's got to get these bricks out of his hands, man. With a 7-7, he drops that fourth and two, and that also kind of changed games, things in that football game also. Because although it was a 7-7 game, you could tell Oakland was up there swimming with the momentum. You get that first down, you go down there and score, Kansas City probably has nothing left in the tank. Kind of like with the pass that I'm um, carving through the crab tree. So there was a lot of plays that did get um, just left on the table in this football game. And I guess that is conducive of a young building football team. Yeah, I mean, that, that stuff like that happens. And I read the interview with Carr on uh, Monday um, where he said, you know, basically he was trying to do too much. And I think that was a huge problem. Uh, it, it, you know, to me, it's just calm down, you know, throw the ball away when you need to do that. He's done that all season long, but last Sunday was not one of those games. Yeah, it was kind of frustrating, Jim, because, I mean, you know he wants to win as bad as anybody else on that team, and his craziness, though, it ended up costing us. So hopefully he gets in the lab this week and he doesn't make those mistakes this week against Denver. And, man, talk about the legend, man. Charles Woodson, this guy, man, he forces two fumbles Sunday, and he just seems to be a turnover forcing machine. I mean, I know I'm as a Raider fan, I'm probably kind of homeristic on this, but, hey, Chuck Woods getting my vote for defensive player of the year if this continues. I mean, 39 years old, you're playing like you're 20. Hey, I can't take nothing away from the guy. Hey, at the at the age at uh, at his age, to do what he's doing at 24 would be impressive. At almost 40, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, what else can you ask the ask of the guy? And I think he may actually be back next year. I hope so. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, let's definitely hope so. I mean, I want Chuck Wood to stick around as long as he can play at a high level. And, hey, yeah. I mean, it's not like we've got any other reinforcements behind him that can play better. I mean, this guy is just like, I don't know, he's like Benjamin Buddy. He gets better and better and better. I mean, Kobe Bryant needs to go ahead and go have himself a conversation 
with um, Charles Wilson about playing dominant football at this, I mean, a dominant sport at this age. Because, I mean, Kobe's my boy, but, yeah, he's going down while Chuck Wood is just continuously trending upward and upward and upward. Yeah, and I, I don't know what what can be attributed to that if maybe Woodson's just in that good condition. But he has not, to me, he has not lost a step from now and maybe a half dozen years ago when he was in with Green Bay. I mean, he hasn't lost a step. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to jinx him here, so I'm going to go ahead and say knock on wood when I say this. It looks like hopefully the shoulder is finally starting to come around and at the perfect time because we got four games left, and we're going to need all four of these games just to have a chance. But it's going to be big time. It's always good to have meaningful December football games, and we haven't had that in four years. So I think I'm glad the young guys, they got a little taste of it Sunday that they have to know what to do going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for a young team, the, the, it's the kind of loss that for a young team can either make or break you. Uh, if you put it in perspective, and, you know, to me, they were one play away from being up two scores late in the game. So it wasn't like there was... You know, it wasn't like Kansas City came out and ran the ball down our throats and just completely dominated. It was pretty much one or two plays that made the entire difference in that game. Yeah, that they did not do. The defense was on point most of the game. They did a good job. Khalil Mack got to um, Alex Smith a couple of times again, and that was always good to see. I do believe that Khalil's going to end up hitting the 10 stack mark this season, and that was kind of a goal that we had for him um, in the preseason. So I'm glad to see him getting there. Looks like Crabtree and Amari Cooper, they'll probably hit 1,000 yards. But, I mean, the frustrating thing with Cooper is if he didn't have all the drops, man, can you imagine how dominant his rookie season would be right now? Oh, it'd be unbelievable right now. I mean, he's he's getting a lot of targets every week. Carr is throwing to him. I mean, it's not like, you know, that he's only getting two or three passes in his direction a game. So if he can can get that, the drop straightened out, and last week I compared his first season to Jerry Rice's, which was very similar, actually. And I hate making that comparison, uh, but when you look at their first seasons, they are very similar because Rice had a lot of drops his rookie year. Well, all I can say is this, Jim. Hopefully both careers end on the same tangent um, with a couple of rings and a trip to Canton, but we're a long ways off from that. And I will say, though, it does look like this wide receiving core is set for the next few years. Because, I mean, I got to give props to another young wide receiver we got there. I mean, I thought he'd just have a one-week thing, and he played well again last week, Seth Roberts. And, hey, he, he's really proven that he wants to be the third leg in this powerful Oakland Raider offense. And I've got no problem with that because the guy, he can play some hell of a football. And, hey, I don't know what's in the water down there at West Alabama, but they're starting to really churn out some NFL talent. So look out for Seth Roberts in the next few years over there in Oakland. Yes, they are. Uh, Roberts had another four catches, which for, you know, for a third wide receiver, that's a very productive game. So, yeah, you can't ask much more from him. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So, with that being said, I mean, I guess we should go ahead and be happy that we're 5-7 and here. But, I mean, this team, though, they've left a few games on the table. So, I guess that's another thing that could make us happy. We could be sitting here with about an 8-4 and football team, 
But, I mean, when you're dealing with youth, though, and you're going to have a lot of errors being made, I guess this is about as good as we could expect from this team this season. So I'm happy with it. What's your take on what you've seen so far in the first 12 games? Well, um, the mistakes I'm seeing are, are mistakes from a young team. I mean, it's not like they're they're being blown out. It's not like they're they're just constantly making huge mistakes. It's it's all the little stuff that that should come with with experience to me. Um, Saturday's game or Sunday's game, I should say. I cannot stress enough that wide open throw that Carr missed Crabtree on changed the game completely. It most because, definitely did. It just changed everything for the worse at that point. Yep, because to me, I, I don't know if he would have scored, but to me it looked like he had the angle and he has the speed to get to the end zone. Uh, and that would have put the Raiders up by two scores at that point. So, you know, that to me changed the game. And the other one was... I haven't seen that much from him this year, but Carr got really happy feet a couple times uh, during the game, and one of them was that interception slash fumble to the lineman, where you know I'm I'm he's back there and he's dancing around, and he's trying to make something happen, and I'm just thinking, throw it to the sideline, you know, throw it away, throw it away, just chuck it somewhere. And it, looked, it looked like he was in the pocket to me, so I'm up there yelling, get down, get your ass down, get down. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. third down, and we can get the field goal with Jano. Exactly. You know, at that point, it would have put us up two scores, so take the points any way you can. And if that means taking a sack, then take a sack. But just whatever you do, don't throw an interception and, or a fumble, and that's exactly what happens. So, you know. And to yeah, me, it was a case of he was trying too hard to do something, to make something happen. I'll tell you this, Jim, man. I was horrified watching that, watching him do this over and over and over. <laughs> I mean, like, I never, I usually try not to, like, get too emotional about football games, but I was literally sitting there almost getting ready to cry because it was just, like, just frustrating the hell out of me. It was, like, it was very uncharacteristic. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. You never do this. Stop. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. That's the frustrating thing is that's what we haven't seen him do this year. We, that hasn't happened very much, where he's been under pressure a lot, and he's pan- it looked it looked to me like he was panicking a little bit. I don't know. I can't speak for him, but it looked to me like he was really getting happy feet, and trying so hard to make something happen. And the rest of the rest of the time, the, you know, most of the season he's done the right thing. He's either thrown it away or like I said, like we said, it take a sack, whatever, but don't cost us points. And unfortunately that didn't happen. Yeah, he cost us an ass load of points Sunday, I tell you that much. And I'm sure a guy who was pretty happy about that was Tyvon Branch, the former Raider. We had to let him go because of injuries. And he got himself a pick six. And that pick six was caused off of, well, what do you know? A drop pass by Amari Cooper right into his hands. I mean, so. I, I, think, I think there should be a separate stats, stat for 
you know, interceptions that work like that, that go off wide receiver's hands. That shouldn't go all on the quarterback. Yeah, that's the only interception that I'm not blaming on him. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and, and once something like that happens, it snowballs, and, you know, 24th quarter points by Kansas City, that did it. And the thing so, is, they didn't have to earn a single one of them. Nope. Nope. They were given. It was given. It was handed to them. And you know, you you cannot do that against a division opponent, especially Kansas City. I mean, exactly. They're a very opportunistic team there. And man, I think Kansas City they won six in a row, and I think the Raiders have probably played them the best in that, as any team have while they were going through this streak. So I mean, that's another thing that kind of hurts. I mean, Kansas City is up here just railing opponents, and the Raiders had them on the ropes and just pretty much gave gave it to them. Well, and, and that's the funny thing about one of my one of the reasons why the Kansas City uh, rivalry is my favorite is that it doesn't seem to matter what the records are, the two teams, or you know where they play, the two teams always play each other tough. So it, yeah. it's become my favorite AFC West rivalry. Yeah, those guys, they do bring their game every time they get together. And we'll have another dust-up with them week 17 over there in Arrowhead. I just hope that it means something, which it probably won't for the Raiders. But, let, but we can sit there and hope. So we got four hey, games left. Let's go handle all four of them. Maybe we can take Kansas City out of the playoffs. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be great. Be a little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> I mean, exactly. never, never knows. I mean, we, we we knocked them out of the playoffs before on Millennium Weekend. Why not do the same thing again tonight? I mean, Week 17, rather. Exactly. Yeah. So that was pretty much our look at this Kansas City-Oakland game. I thought I was going to be a lot more pissed than I was, Jim. I think I was pretty cool, though, discussing Derek Carr and all this. So <laughs> <laughs> and now we well, take a look ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I kind of gave you until Wednesday instead of Tuesday to cool off because I – I knew you were hot. So. <laughs> yeah, D. Will came over there on the show with me and Josh the other night, and I pretty much ranted to him the whole time, and I think that's where I got it all out of me, so I think we're good now. <laughs> yeah, so next up here, we got ourselves a pretty big challenge here Sunday going on here in Denver as we take on the Denver Broncos. That ought to be a pretty fun game. We had those guys on the ropes last time when they came down to Oakland, and we pretty much just let it go. Once again, a Derek Carr turnover was pretty much the determining factor in that game, the pick six to Chris Harris, which gave Denver the 16-7 victory, and ultimately led to a 16-10 victory. But the Raiders actually held their own pretty well in that game. Marcel Reese got into the end zone, and we said he'd have to be big in that game. I think he'll probably have to have himself a big role in this game again just to keep the Raiders around in it. And the defense seems a lot better than it, than it was last time around. I don't believe that um, Brock Osweiler is much of a threat you slow down the run game, C.J. Anderson has himself a bit of a gimpy ankle, so that could help the Raiders out a bit. So pretty much, yeah, just get it out there, get it to Latavius early, hit him with that one-two punch with Jameez Olawale, and we should be right there in this game. So I'll let you talk about what you think should happen in this football game here. Well, uh, the last time we played Denver, to me, we played them very, very well, considering. Uh, because Watching what Denver's defense did, did to, for example, Teddy Bridgewater when the Vikings played him, they about killed him. And to me, 
the Raiders played it very well. Uh, I noticed Carr was taking quicker dropbacks and getting rid of the ball, uh, except for that pick six, which was just about the worst play you could possibly have in that situation. Uh, I think we need to have more of that because I don't expect Denver's defensive philosophy to change. They're going to come after you, so we've got to keep keep that in mind and to me do the same thing, just quick quick hits, quick passes, and utilize the tight ends and get the running backs involved in in the passing game. And to me, uh, I just checked the uh, injury report. Rodney Hudson was a full participant in practice, so he's gonna, he's listed as probable right now. Uh, which thank God, we're going to need him. Yeah, exactly. That's the best news we could have. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, defensively, um, I like what the Raiders did against Kansas City last week in the with the running game. Because Kansas City has, you know, two or three running backs uh, that have stepped up without Charles in the lineup and have had very productive games, and they didn't last week. And that's continued to be a pleasant surprise for me is the run defense. So if we can stop, hold down Hillman, and uh, I'm blanking on the other running back's name. Uh, C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson. If we can hold those two down, I'm not saying stop them completely, but if we can hold them down, I I don't mean to. I don't want to degrade Osweiler because I hate doing that because that's when we usually get bitten in the butt. Um, but to me, the, the the passing game isn't the threat that it's been either with Manning or with Osweiler. So uh, to me, stopping their running game is the key. You're right about that, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to diss Osweiler either, but I think the Raiders will defensively have a better chance if they can force Denver in the third and long situations and force Osweiler to make some decisions and just send, send the dogs after him, namely Mario Edwards Jr. and Khalil Mack. Go get it. Go eat, boys. That's what I say. Exactly. So if we can stop, if we can stop them, well, I, I'm looking at Denver's injury report right now, and C.J. Anderson is questionable. Uh, he didn't participate in practice at all this week. So he may uh, actually he, go. Yeah, he may not go actually this week, then, if that's going on. And if he doesn't go, I mean, it's pretty much on Ronnie Hillman. And I think the Raiders should be able to handle Hillman. They did a pretty good job on him, bottling him up the first time around. So just continue to do what works, and we'll have ourselves a good shot at this one. I'm not yeah. going to try, I'm not trying to make much of a prediction, um, Jim, but I do believe that the Raiders. If they can do these things, I mean, it's going to be just like the first time around. You'll be right there with a chance to win. And we remember, you remember the movie Rocky, right? Apollo <laughs> Creed, um, he, he struggled to hell with Rocky the first time around and escaped by the skin of his ass. And the second time, Rocky was able to get, get him that second time around. Let's just hope something similar like that takes place. Although, I just hope that we're not as exhausted as Apollo and Rocky were at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that's a good lesson to have because we were we – were, even with that pick six, we were this close to beating them the first time around. Uh, we were within seven points uh, at the end of the game. So, you know, even with the pick six, which was a killer, 
yeah. to me, we, we played Denver very well. And if we can avoid those kinds of mistakes on Sunday, and, you know, Carr gets, Carr gets his mojo back a little bit and starts, you know, making good mm-hmm. decisions like he's done all season long, to me there's no reason why we can't at least play them tough. Oh yeah, we'll be right there. The Raiders, I mean, they have they, they're like a team that rarely gets blown out now anyway, so they'll be right there. And I know that we're not much of a basketball program, Jim. We are a football program, but I mean, I got to talk about a team that's Oakland related. The Golden State Warriors, man, they're a bit. They've been a bit on the ropes tonight, but Stephen Curry just hit a big time three pointer to put them ahead of Boston, one hundred three, one hundred one, as they go for the twenty four and zero. So I just wanted to throw that little side note to our Oakland listeners. <laughs> How much time is left? There's about 46 seconds left here. Oh, man. That's like the fastest hour in sports at the last minute of a basketball game. (laughs) Or or when it's a close game like this, it could take 30 minutes for them to finish just 10 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) But, hey, to me, go Boston. But (laughs) Uh, You a Laker, man. You can't root for Boston. I can't root for Golden State because everybody does that these days. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think everybody just wants to see how far how far the streak can go. Well, I wonder if the what was it the ninety ninety two Bulls? Which one of those Bulls teams went seventy two and ten or something like that? Uh, that was the ninety six Bulls, and Boston just tied the game up at one hundred three with about forty seconds left here. I wonder if. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if uh, Golden State goes seventy-three and nine or something. If, if you know the ninety-six Bulls will come out like the seventy-two Dolphins do and root against them. Yeah, let's hope not, man. Because I mean, it's bad seeing Mercury Morris just um, prattle around out of nowhere talking about uh, if you go nineteen and zero, you're still not better than us. I mean, it's just ridiculous now. Now he's up here talking smack about Carolina, and they're actually a pretty likable undefeated team. Yeah, yeah, I I don't have a problem. To me, Cam Newton is in the hunt for MVP because look what he's done with basically no wide receivers. Yeah, I know it's crazy, man. Um, he he's he's just doing it pretty much on his own merit. He's actually turning guys like Ted Ginn and Devin Funches into functional um, NFL wide receivers. Can you believe it? Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's definitely proven the proven himself to me, yeah. yeah. So it's looking looking like we're headed into overtime here in Boston. One point two left. Golden State to have a shot at a final shot here. But let's see here. Okay. Today in Raider history, hmm, I remember back in nineteen ninety four the Raiders actually got to seven and six on this day with a twenty three to thirteen victory over these aforementioned Denver Broncos. It was, at that point it was like one of the Raiders final games here in LA and that game was blacked out there, so I remember listening to it on the radio. Jeff Hosteller had himself a couple of touchdown passes. That defense, they got the Elway horse face. And hopefully Sunday we can do a little bit more of the same here. Let's see here. Sunday in Raider history, not much has happened um, historically on December 13th, so we'll just leave it as is. And that's all I look at Raider history here. So you remember anything about the 94 Raiders, Jim? I know we went 9-7. We ended up missing the playoffs by that one game. So that was the last L.A. team. 94 season was the last 500 season, I think, for a while. Uh, yeah, they were they were 
they weren't 500 again until Gruden got there. So 9-7 and seven was the last above 500 uh, team for a while. And it had one of my favorite Raiders, one of the most underrated Raiders, in my opinion, Terry McDaniel. Oh, yeah, Terry McDaniel, yeah. I'm kind of shocked that he wasn't the defensive player of the year on that, with that team that year. I mean, every time yeah. you look at history I mean, and highlights on that team, he's getting interceptions and running them back. He was one of my favorites. He he didn't get much attention, but he was a really good cornerback. Yeah, the Raiders, they really cleaned up in that 88 draft, I tell you. Tim Brown and Terry McDaniel, man, yeah. Ron Wolf knew what he was doing that day. Yeah, Ron Wolf was a genius to me. And I, I wanted to give a, a little bit of a shout-out because uh, I saw this week that John Madden underwent uh, heart surgery. And yeah, he had an open heart surgery. Yeah, he's recovering and doing pretty well, so that's good to hear. Get well soon, Coach. We love you. Yeah, I want him to be around as long as possible, so I'm glad he's feeling better. Yeah, at least to see one more ring anyway. That would be nice. I'm looking at this 94 team and just kind of going back down memory lane. Chester McLaughlin. (laughs) Chester McLaughlin. Who else was on that team? Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith. Those are the Harvey Williams days. Oh, yeah, I remember him, too. Then we had Napoleon McCallum when he broke his leg on the uh, the season opener against San Francisco, which is to this day probably the most gruesomest leg injury I've ever seen in my life. It was ugly. I mean, to me, it beat beat the Theismann one because I think uh, McCallum broke his leg up higher. I think he broke the thick part. Ah. Which, uh, you know... I've seen I've seen it a couple times and it's not something I, I like to go back and watch. So. Yeah, it wasn't pre- it wasn't really really fun. I tell you that much, man. Well, another great show for us tonight, Jim. I mean, it's already seven o'clock. No way. Dude. <laughs> time flies. Time flies when you're having fun and you're being terrific, huh? Exactly. Yeah, I'm sitting up yeah. here waiting to see what goes on here with this Golden State Boston game. So we can give the guys a little bit of an update here. So I guess we'll we'll stick around here until we find out what happens. All right, we got point seven left here on the clock. One hundred three, one hundred three. Pretty funny that at the end of a Raider program, we're watching the end of a Warrior game. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're what twenty two and zero now. Uh, they are twenty three and zero right now. They twenty three and zero. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I'll give it to them. That's video game stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mayor Josh was actually talking about that um, Wednesday night, saying you can't even go 82-0 and 0 on a video game anymore. Man, yeah. they made it super realistic. And we have overtime in Boston. So 103-103. And, man, great show tonight, Jim. I really had a great time breaking down the game with you, and hopefully we have ourselves a good story to tell next week. Well, it, to me, be you know, you know how I feel about beating Denver. So it'd be yeah, good let's to get, get one against them. Let's get it done. I say. Yeah. Yeah. So you can check out my main man D. Will this weekend. He's having himself a show. He's having himself a pretty good weekend show tonight with the Fantasy Football um, Addict Support Group. Check them out. They do a great job over there with their show, and they can give you all the fantasy football information you need. 
So be on the lookout for that over there on the NGSC. Then Tuesday night, you got my main man, Josh Madsen, over there with my brother, Shaq Crosby, and they're over there doing their thing over there with the Flying Elvis Faithful. It's a good show. They do the New England Patriots more justice than I could, would, or would even want to, for that matter. But it's a good show, and they have themselves a great time over there. So be on the lookout for that. Wednesday night, you can find Josh Matson and I doing our thing over there on the NGSC West Recess at 11 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have to get you over there one night, Jim. Hey, man, one of these Wednesday nights, you're going to have to come over there and rap with us. Oh, I haven't. Well, I think I was supposed to be on that one week, and I think I got sick or something. I can't remember what the deal was. But yeah, you got I stage right. It's all right. We'll get you on there one night, though. I look forward to it. Yeah, good deal, man. And Friday night here, you already know what it is. You can find me. You can find Jim, 930 Eastern. You a Raider fan? No problem. We got you covered. We are the NGSC Black Hole Brigade. We'll be breaking down that Oakland-Denver game, and hopefully we'll have ourselves a happy story to tell along with the preview of the Green Bay opening game. So, for my brother Jim Paskowitz, I'm Raider Rome, Jerome Butler. Have yourself a Raiderific Sunday night. Good night, and go Raiders. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.